Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 168th program of Think Again, and apologies for that little interruption before. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're looking at what's really happening in Ukraine and in the Pacific, beyond the fog of one-sided propaganda. Specifically, we're looking at the expansion of Western militarism, especially focusing on the expansion of the US and NATO militarism in and around Ukraine. Yeah, and we're looking at how Western militarism is also extending into the Pacific, with all the ominous talk about Taiwan and China's presumed intentions. Of course, the villains, presumably justifying US and Western expansion, are Russia in Europe and China in the Asia-Pacific region. Mm, Well, Russia and China make pretty convenient, pretty good and convenient villains, don't they? Yeah, especially for casting the US as the hero, along Mm -hmm. with various co-conspirational heroes, especially English-speaking ones. Yeah, like UK and and Canada and, and I guess, us. Yes, we usually refer to them as the Anglosphere. Mm Mm-hmm. So for this program, we're going to try and lift the heavy veil of propaganda draped over all of this and over us, reducing our capability to really understand what's going on. In past programs in February and May, we focused on the conflict in Ukraine and really lamented the one-sided stories we are being fed through our mainstream media, but also through our national broadcaster, the ABC. Yeah. Uh, With this blanket of what can only be called propaganda, it is hard for people to think outside the simple story of Russia as the sole villain and the US and NATO as the heroes helping Ukraine to maintain democracy and freedom. And just as a reminder, NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Alliance, a group of Western European countries and the US and Canada that came about after World War II to defend the West against Russian communism. Mm. But but historically, the truth goes back much further than the recent invasion of Ukraine by Russia, which we continue to wholeheartedly condemn. If we look at who actually started the current war, it is clear that NATO, and especially the US, were instrumental in engineering this war, with Ukraine and most of its people being the pawns. So let's share the blame amongst all of the instigators and not just them. Yeah, so let's first, Jacques, I think it's good to recap some of our past programs. Mm. So Mm -hmm. firstly, with the collapse of the Soviet Union, 1989-1990, there was a real chance of ongoing peace and a lot of people were really hopeful around that Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. NATO had agreed to not expand its membership and militarisation eastward toward Russia. And Russia, in turn, agreed not to expand westward (laughs) toward Western Europe. 
But NATO broke its word. Big time. In 1997, just think, in 1997, NATO had 16 members. It now has 30 members. So from 16 to 30, all militarily connected and literally surrounding the entire southwestern border of Russia. And focusing on Ukraine, Western countries have played a pivotal role in drumming up conflict there, particularly since 2014, and um, with the destabilising of a democratically elected government, um, and this led to that government being overthrown. Actually, it was the US that sponsored the coup in Ukraine in 2014. You don't hear much about that. No. And rather than defending democracy, freedom and human rights, Western countries have been supporting and arming arming far-right militias that were attacking Russian-speaking Ukrainian citizens. Particularly, so, so not separate, not separatist sharks. That's right. That's what's always that's put right. Out. Exactly. Particularly Ukrainians to the east near the Russian border who had been promised some relative autonomy, and it gets even worse because behind the scenes of this war are the maneuverings of corporate gas interests. Yeah. Well, it is a rather complicated story um, with the gas, um, and it was told in the Global Research Newsletter. Before this is, we'll have a go at it, won't we, Jacques? Before 2010, 40% of gas was delivered to Europe from Russia through pipelines and in a regulated market, with most gas prices being fixed in long term contracts. Then in 2010, the EU Commission fully deregulated gas market trading, and this opened the door for speculative trading, speculative trading on the gas market. Yeah, the gas market became highly speculative. A series of virtual trading hubs were established in Europe to trade gas futures contracts. Mm. Yeah, it's a complicated kind of a thing and very difficult to see how you can speculate on future things. But anyway, they did. Mm -hmm. In several European countries, making the Dutch, and that's the title of their hub, title transfer facility, the dominant trading centre for EU gas. It's a virtual platform of trades in futures gas contracts between banks and other financial investors over the counter, basically. Can, you can go there and basically say, I'm, I'm interested in selling some gas or in buying some gas as a nation or as an organization. Or it's unregulated, outside any regulated exchange, and has already then attempted to undermine the, tri- the gas trade in Europe. It created a huge casino of speculative profits that was controlled by a handful of giant banks in New York and the city of London. Yeah, so... A few banks in New York and London were the beneficiaries of all the, have been the beneficiaries of all this conflict, and obviously Russia has been the loser. Absolutely, and also are talking about gas in Australia and the selling it at high prices abroad, uh, abroad, abroad. Whereas we in Australia often don't have enough and have to to pay these same high prices. So with full EU backing for the new gas wholesale market in Brussels, Germany and NATO began systematically to close stable long-term pipeline gas from Russia to the EU, which had come to the EU via a growing number of pipelines. Yeah, and around the same time, 
a new gas source was becoming available, liquid natural gas or LNG, mm-hmm. and that could be shipped from that could be shipped from the US and Canada, and, and of course US and Canada are wanting to sell that, and Australia as well. Yeah. Yes, the US and Canada weren't happy about the growing number of gas pipelines from Russia into Europe, and from 2016 they wanted to sell their own shale gas from the states in Canada, but they needed the gas terminals to be built to offload their gas from the ships to be built first. Yeah. And the gas coming from the US and Canada was to be bought, of course, on the open, unregulated market. (laughs) So while the long-term pipeline contracts with Russia had much lower prices. That's right. And one of those gas pipelines runs through Ukraine. Another, another two of them, through the Baltic Sea. And most of them have been hindered or interrupted by various interventions, including sabotage lowering their production, so opening the market for gas from elsewhere. Mm. And some of the stuff which is now happening in the Baltic Sea Mm -hmm. is of that nature. As a result of all this, gas has become much more expensive in Europe. In 2021, EU states paid an estimated penalty cost for breaking the contracts with uh, Russia of around $30 billion. Wow. Say that means, of course, that it were the consumers who mm-hmm. needed to pay all of that, and uh, that was thirty billion more for natural gas than if they would have stuck with gas piped from Russia. Mm. The banks loved it; it created a huge casino of speculative profits that was controlled by a handful of giant banks in New York and in the city of London. It's a complicated story, and we never really hear about it. But it is central to understanding how politics continues to be mostly steered by capital interests. Yeah, so, but Jacques, are you saying that these giant banks actually played a role in creating conflict in Ukraine? Of course they did, because uh, first of all, they were the ones who had the main interest in gas becoming more expensive and Mm -hmm. also less available. Mm-hmm. That means prices go up when there's less availability, mm-hmm. which they also created by blocking some of the pipeline gas. Oh, so, so they played a role in actually blocking the pipelines ab- from Russia. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I guess at the very least, this story helps us understand how the owners and controllers of capital continue to make profits mm-hmm. in spite of, in spite of, or maybe in some cases because of war, but in spite of restrictions that might come from ecological disasters and social imperatives. That's right. And And before before all of those hit home, they want to make as much money as possible. We know that story as well here in Australia. And on that note, let's hear Blue King Brown talking back to power, or rather singing back to power with one people. And the only 
people waking up, they'll come straight after you. There's no escaping from the plans we got set out for you. You'll see your men, women, and children coming after you. Eh? Life with you's illusion, not reality. And for anyone who wants some peace, you name insanity. You subdue my people with stories and fantasies. False governments, false courts, false authorities. There is no other that could claim more notoriety With all your chemical concoctions of variety What you really seek is for my people to go quietly But what they're really getting ill from is your mind control It has diminished our intelligence and numbed our souls Manipulation of the masses is your only goal You may have succeeded but the difference is now we know So what you gonna do without our energy Cause now we're using it to make a brand new energy Use our meditation, our philosophies Learning to transcend beyond the realms of this reality yeah. So Babylon, it's over, now it's time you go oh, When one foundation's a rot and you can't go no more So lift your eyes and set your sights upon that door And get the out of our lives, don't come back no more in it You're listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. We've been talking about the war in Ukraine and how it has served corporate interests, making profits through speculation on the deregulated gas market. At the same time, undermining Russia's gas industry, which was piping cheaper gas to Europe in a previously regulated market. And on Unfortunately, this all resonates very much with what is happening in the Pacific, because to maintain global economic and political dominance, the US and its Western associates are now drumming up war there as well. Or at least they are drumming up a lot of war activity. And again, this is on the pretext that Western aggressive manoeuvres are actually acts of defence, in this case against China. As was the case with Russia, with NATO and the US drumming up and justifying the war in Ukraine on the pretext of preemptive defence. Preemptive defence. So mm. attack becomes defence and up is down and down is up. And don't remind people... That, and don't remind people, of course, that Taiwan is actually internationally considered to be part of China. That would just confuse people, wouldn't it? And create questions about the US Biden's growing aggressive statements. Mm. As Michael Pascoe puts it in the New Daily, and I quote, the United States is considering options for a sanctions package against China to deter it from invading Taiwan with the European Union coming under diplomatic pressure from Taipei to do, the, the capital city of Taiwan, to do the same, yeah, unquote. So, so um, Jacques, the, it, the excuse for economic sanctions against China is apparently to deter China mm-hmm. from invading Taiwan. It, it doesn't make sense at all, does it? It certainly does, doesn't, because of the fact that Taiwan is part of China. 
And how, and and how would that stop them invading Taiwan, even if they were that, going to? That's right. And <laughs> according to Pasco, quote again, the idea is to extend sanctions beyond current measures in order to restrict some trade and investment with China in sensitive technologies like computer chips and telecoms equipment. So the gas in Ukraine and Russia is the computer chips and telecoms equipment yeah. in China. And so, in other words, the real motives, motive is to have economic advantage, in this case, over China, rather than stop it invading Taiwan. And, and it looks like that's just a ploy. Yes, well, don't ask... Or a ask, narrative being created uh, to cover right. for it. Just don't ask, don't ask me. Listen to President Biden himself. Pasco quotes him as saying, and I quote Pasco again, today's action... Who he himself is also quote, quoting Biden. Biden. Today's action is going to ensure that America leads the world in biotechnology and biomanufacturing, creating jobs, reducing prices, strengthening supply chains, so we don't have to rely on anywhere else in the world. Mm. Unquote. Yeah. So, as Pasco comments, China is not to be allowed to be better than the U.S. in high tech. So much for having a rules-based order in international trade. Yeah, which the U.S. is always saying that China's against and the U.S. is for. That's right. And thinking about what's happening behind the scenes with both Russia and China, we don't hear about any of these stories, do we? We don't hear Mm. any of this in mainstream media. Even talking to people about it's hard, as they're only imbibing mainstream media stories Mm -hmm. and government lines. So it can become total brainwashing which really reminds me of the Matrix. But Mm -hmm. instead of hooked up, people being hooked up to a computer-generated reality, we're being hooked up to a world of delusion based on the interests of the rich and powerful. Yeah. And that's not an exaggeration. No, it is not. Award-winning journalist John Pilger gave a powerful speech about that recently in Norway. He related how he bumped into Lene Riefenstahl, whose propaganda films glorified the German Nazis in World War II. Mm-hmm. Leni Riefenstahl told Pilger that her films' so-called patriotic messages were not dependent on orders from above, but they were dependent on the submissive void of the German public. Mm-hmm. And she confirmed that the submissive void included the liberal, educated bourgeoisie, mm-hmm. all of us. This is precisely what Pilger thinks is happening in Western societies at the moment. A dropping of the ball, not just by US, the dominated media, but by the educated and supposedly liberal public. Transmitters of propaganda include a range of proxies and think tanks, like the notorious US-funded Australian Strategic Policy Institute and the Lowy Institute, or the IPA, voices for the arms industry and what Pilger refers to as zealous journalists, particularly singling out the age's Peter Harcher. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this propaganda, I think, happens through omission in reporting and commentary. For example, omission of the US's role in subverting democracies, squashing liberation movements and launching military attacks across the globe, including its role in generating the 
proxy war, uh, sorry, the proxy war with Russia on Ukraine's mm-hmm. oil. Mm-hmm. All of this challenges the lie that the US are just the good guys, simply the good guys, and the others the villains. So I'm going to quote Pilger again, as you did, just did, Shark, mm-hmm. and he says um, that since he was born, which was in 1939, by the way, since he was born, the United States has overthrown or attempted to overthrow more than 50 governments, mostly democracies. It has interfered in democratic elections in 30 countries. It has dropped bombs on the people of 30 countries, most of them poor and defenceless. It has attempted to murder the leaders of 50 countries. It's incredible. It has fought to suppress liberation movements in 20 countries. The extent and scale of this carnage is largely unreported, unrecognised, and those responsible continue to dominate Anglo-American political life. Mm. And... And I was just, just with that in mind, I was thinking of Penny Wong's recent speech to the UN National Assembly as Australia's Minister for Foreign Affairs. And a lot of that speech was really good. And it was talking mm-hmm. about peace being yeah. dependent on so, people's economic and social security. But even Penny, our, our wonderful Penny Wong, who we all love, but she singled out Russia as a country unacceptably seeking to dominate smaller countries, which he says cannot be tolerated, but there was not one mention of the US. And that story of Pilger just before, yeah. And, and, and John Pilger, in his speech, in the same speech, he quotes his late friend, playwright Harold Pinter, who died some years ago. And this is what he um, has quotes Pinter as saying. The crimes of the United States have been systematic, constant, vicious, remorseless, but very few people have actually talked about them. You have to hand it to America. It has exercised a quite clinical manipulation of power worldwide while masquerading as a force for universal good. It's a brilliant, even witty, highly successful act of hypnosis. And um, Pinter likened this mass hypnosis, as he calls it, to Lenny Riefenstahl's submissive void, um, saying, it's the, he says, it's the same. It means the brainwashing is so thorough, we are programmed to swallow a pack of lies. If we don't recognise propaganda, we may accept it as normal and believe it. And that's the submissive void. Yeah, we have earlier refer- referred in one of our p- previous programs to the Monroe Doctrine. Here in the early 1800s, early after the birth of the US, already indicating its geopolitical aspirations, saying that no one should touch any of the Americas because that would basically evoke a reaction by the US. Mm-hmm. So that's now, meanwhile, 200 years ago. And after World War II and during the Cold War, they certainly that their influence certainly did not abate. Still, our hopes in the UN, the United Nations, as a force for a more peaceful and prosperous global future held for a few decades, especially after the fall of the USSR, as Jen previously mentioned. 
But as we have commented on several times, it was not to be. The UN's voice has been smothered quite systematically since the emergence of neoliberalism, and we have another program more specifically dealing with that soon. For now, we see the slow deterioration of all the hopes we may have had. As the United Nations Development Programme recently reported in 2022, their report was titled Uncertain Times, Unsettled Lives, Shaping Our Future in a Transforming World. And it says in that one, it paints a picture of a global society lurching from crisis to crisis and which risks heading towards increasing deprivation and injustice. That is a big shock to those of us who aspire to a world of shared prosperity. As Ho Lok Sang from Lingnan University in Hong Kong comments, and I quote, For the first time in 32 years, the Human Development Index, measuring a nation's health, education and standard of living, has declined globally for two years in a row. Mm. So a good question is, what is driving this glooming and worrying development. Can mm. human development resume, he asks. Mm. The UNDP, the United Nations Development uh, Program, uh, calls for a renewed sense of global solidarity to tackle interconnected common challenges. But, the report says, the international community is now paralyzed in making these changes. Mm. Making Holok Sang conclude, and I quote, because of the tendency of many politicians in the West to create imaginary threats from outside their own countries in order to distract their voters from problems at home. Mm -hmm. This tactic to maintain their rule has proved successful because the free press, and that he wrote that in quotes, the free press in the West has been at the behest of political interest, mm. unquote. Which is what we've been saying in this program. A long, uh, for a long time and several times. And we talk about a bit more uh, about the United Nations and, and its erosion in the future program. Yeah. So, coming to the end of our program now, we'll have a community announcement. We'd like to publicise again the Festival of Resistance to a Weapons Expo. This expo will be held in Brisbane from the 1st to the 7th of October. Yeah, next week. Mm -hmm. For people who can't attend, 3CR will be covering it across different programs, and that's, as I say, from the 1st to the 7th of October. And um, to learn more about this Festival of Resistance, you can go to the web, https colon forward slash forward slash disruptlandforces.org. So that's um, one word, disruptlandforces.org. And finally, the final announcement of our book sale, a book, a Borderlands book sale, starting on Thursday, Friday and Saturday at uh, 30A Pickett Street in the uh, Bluestone Building. Come and have thousands of books are available. Thanks for listening to Think Again, meanwhile, on 3CR Community Radio and supporting our program. If you want to send us a message, please email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray. Milkumana!
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.